Welcome to Stay in Your Lane. I'm your host, John Maley. Today, we have a very special guest. One person that was on our very first podcast, I'd like to introduce Wendy Workman from SK Food Group. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Hi, how are you? We're good. So today, uh, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, we're, we're talking with a lot of our clients. Uh, everybody's planning on budgeting for 2023 in the next six to eight months. And we're trying to figure out from a directional perspective, uh, how, how do we help them? How do we plan successfully together after 2021 and what looks like to be the second half of 2022? Uh, so uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love to understand what you're struggling with and, and maybe we can help each other. Well, I'm struggling with um, how to strategically align freight expense for 2023 with the factors as they're known today. So we won't actually start budgeting until August, but you know we do make decisions based off of product mix, based off of available labor, based off of supply of components, um, where to produce something at. And we have one facility that it's more cost-effective to have it running full steam than it is the other two based off of all of those factors. So do we, the question is, do we make the assumption that that facility will be uh, completely full capacity to get the most effective use of our dollars? Um, do we introduce another customer into another facility to create some diversification of our customer portfolio? What does that do to the mix? How does that change the inventory uh, that, I, that I pick up or ship out um, and the lanes that are associated to that? So I feel like there has to be a much larger analysis completed in order to do uh, a, a good budget for 2023. But the daunting part of that is, is that I can spend all this time doing this analysis and all this time doing the strategy with my partners and something else happen next year and it'd be completely blown out of the water. So is the best strategy to plan for the worst case scenario or do you try to just mitigate your risk as much as possible? You know, historically, that's what we'll do. We'll mitigate our risk as, as much as possible, but um, there need to be some leading indicators now that we track a little closer that will give us some line of sight to where our freight budget may be influenced. So I would like your perspective on indicators uh, in the freight market other than fuel that could give us um, some perspective of where we think that part of the industry is going to head in the next 18 months. We just talked with uh, the uh, economist for the ATA, uh, Robert Costello. Uh, he made some good points. Uh, 2021 for all of us was an outlier year. Yeah. Uh, economically, uh, growth in the United States is normally uh, in the range of 2%, give or take, you know, a percent either way, uh, but, but pretty steadily a 2% market. Uh, the, the crazy number from 2021 ended up at 12.1% economic growth. Mm -hmm. So uh, from what he, he shared with us, uh, that is an anomaly from every perspective. You know, you have manufacturing equipment issues, you have driver issues, you have uh, capacity issues all over, you have, uh, you know, diesel that steadily has risen. 
uh, all of these factors, drivers' wages went up, uh, inflation. Um, only one job, uh, Bob stated, only one job across the board in our economy went up as high as inflation rose or higher, and that was truck driving. Yeah. So if that, if that frames it up, puts a picture together. The big issue is the majority of jobs added in the truck driving market are not long haul over the road, which is where we sit, majority, right. more majority of ours. So we're going to plan based off of what you know Bob is telling us and expect that um, this year is going to still finish up you know, close second to 2021 mm-hmm. from an overall perspective, but we're trending back towards the norm. So in answering your question, what is the norm? Are we going to trend back to 2%? Are we going to trend back to zero or a negative and then come back up and stabilize? That's the next 18 month picture that we're trying to plan for also. So you mitigate and plan uh, the best you can. I don't think that anybody's budget would allow for 2021 or even 2022 so far the first three months of, the, of this year uh, were probably a peak for the refrigerated and food side of transportation, where the van uh, van market maybe came off and so did the flatbeds at the first of the year some, but the refrigerated and frozen, the food sector was still very strong for the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that gives you some insight as to what we're all dealing with, I, I don't see it changing from a fuel perspective, from every indicator we're seeing, uh, it's more of a production issue, a volume of production and demand for the diesel fuel. And the prices are high everywhere, not just in the United States, it's a global issue. We're gonna see inflation and high diesel fuel prices uh, for the near future and maybe much longer from what we're seeing and hearing. So how do you budget for that, Wendy? Dartboard, magic eight ball. Magic uh, eight ball. Magic eight ball. <laughs> uh, you know, you saw, had one of those when we were a kid, but haven't seen one in a long time. Um, what do you, you know, when you speak to the people uh, with SK, you know, and you paint these pictures like we're talking about now, you know, how do, how do you plan your budgeting to be successful? Well, I mean, historically, we have taken, you know, history uh, and looked at any kind of mixed changes that are going to happen with our customer base. Um, And we make some assumptions based off that and we'll add three, four percent based off of what pricing has done over the last specific time period. I'm not sure how we're going to handle this year. I know that it's going to take a lot more input from um, different partners within my teams um, to determine the best strategy to prepare for you know what we're going to what we're going to see is another high year so if we trend you know 10 percent in 2022 and it's going to realign in 2023 you know with the fed hiking you know interest rates with uh, consumer demand or is it still going to be you know, pulling heavy for food service, which is a lot of what we pull. We do a lot of retail customers. You know, what are what is that indicator going to show us? I mean, a lot of people once, 
you know, the economy slows down, they eat more at home. So will our meat, will our retail market or retail demand go up? Okay, well, that has a different, that has a different indicator for our freight costs. Um, if food service is expected to stay steady or grow, okay, well, that has a different influence on our freight costs as well. So I think we have to take a look at what we're expecting our customers to do in 2023 and try to align our, our freight um, with those expectations. Now that's just given that all of that falls in line, right? I mean, we've had some customers that, you know, have had record and it's a good problem to have, don't get me wrong, um, record um, growth, which is wonderful, but it's, it's hard to, to pull all of the nuances together to respond to that growth. Um, I think my company does a very good job of responding, responding to that. We're very nimble, but there's a cost associated to that, right? And I think we have to do a better job of projecting that. And I don't know that we've done that in the past because we've never seen the kind of growth that we've seen in the last two years. So, you know, the fact that Bob is saying that, you know, 2020 was, a, or 2021 was a record year, that doesn't surprise me because all of our indicators just in our industry have aligned with that. If, if you think about it, you're talking about six times what the normal is from a growth perspective. Now, the other indicators that he mentioned were a housing market, mm -hmm. still, uh, you know, it rivaled 2006 um, and, and manufacturing uh, homes uh, anticipated to be at that five to 6% point still mm -hmm. throughout the year with inflation, with interest rate hikes, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been eating well. And um, I think, you know, people don't stop eating when things are tied economically. They change what they're eating. Right. So, you know, you're, maybe your, uh, your products that are on the lesser expensive side will increase, which may cut into the profit margin also. So yeah. depending on what you're selling, what you're making and who, what type of a business and what your margins are, whether it's retail, wholesale, um, I think that, you know, eating out slows down. It does. The restaurant food service business slows down in the COVID economy. Uh, the big thing is what's that bounce back look like? How do we plan and project for that? You know, just as similar as the, um, the, the push to e-com since COVID uh, made a, a huge impact on brick and mortar, and that's considered a permanent shift to, to the, you know, today. It is, yeah. So people aren't going back to the store. Um, they're, they're using, they're going to stay with the e-com, but we're seeing e-com volumes start to trend down for the first time in two years, two and a half years. Yeah, that actually doesn't surprise me. Um, I you know, I never really enjoyed going to the grocery store. And then when COVID hit, um, you know, now I find it an excuse to just get out of the house, right? So if I can go to the store rather than to order online, I will just to get out of the house or to just interact with people. Not that my cat isn't a complete bit of fun, but, you know, you do look for that human interaction. You do look for that, um, that dialogue with just people because, you know, cats don't say a lot. So. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of psychology to that. You know, how are people now that we're coming out of, you know, the pandemic is becoming more endemic and, you know, we have vaccines, we have strategies to combat it. 
people are starting to just come out of their shell. I was at a board meeting last night and I have a lady that always wears a mask no matter what because of her father and she didn't wear a mask last night, which I was a little surprised, but that's because she's starting to feel more comfortable, you know, that the fact that there's all these other things that can help her and her family combat the endemic. So there is some psychology to that. I think there's psychology to purchasing. There's that comfort food, right? My company, you know, does a lot of comfort food. Um, and, you know, now that people are, are not needing that comfort food, what's that going to, how's that going to change our mix? Right. So, you know, I think everyone as a, you know, as a manufacturer is going to ha have a different impact or that's going to impact them differently. Yeah. We saw a lot of price increases given. We did. The first uh, three months of this year, especially in the first two months, uh, which is going to force people to make decisions when their discretionary income is, is going to go to the gas pump, the grocery store and inflation. We're going to see a pullback. And I think we're starting to see it. You're also seeing uh, the just-in-time inventory model is now shifted to a just-in-case where people, yes. are, people <laughs> are starting to carry. Bob said that, yeah. um, and I picked up on it. Uh, so you're seeing inventory levels rising, which yeah. allows uh, allows people to supply, you know, to demand and forecast and plan better which helps from a cost perspective. But I think, you know, in our side of the industry, we're expecting it to trend down towards a normal. The question is, what is normal when fuel's 550? It's 175% higher than it was 12 months ago. Right. So who plans for that? Who plans for a 12% growth in 2021 economy? Who plans for 175% increase in fuel? How do you budget for those things? I think, you know, it's, it's part of a bigger picture. So I don't know anybody that's not struggled uh, over the past couple of years with a budget. It's usually done by March, but um, Hey, thank you, Wendy. We appreciate the time. We appreciate your input and knowledge and uh, definitely look forward to having you on again in the future. Great. It was nice talking to you guys again. Terrific. Thanks for the time. Wendy. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.